as you noticed, I'm not Pastor Tim. I'm not even Joy. However, Sarah and I belong to a club that says, maybe we don't answer texts from Joy on a Saturday night. (laughs) No, it gives me a chance to share a story today. First thing I want to say is, Happy New Year! Yeah? Right. We're going to go awesomely, boldly, courageously into 2022. Because some of us didn't really like 2020. And I don't know about you, but 2021 for me didn't end so great either. So we are going boldly, confidently, courageously into this new year where we will serve God together. A new year, fresh beginnings, right? How many of us make New Year's resolutions? Yeah, anybody make some? Yeah, I won't call you out. I promise I won't call you. You don't have to tell me. More importantly, we don't have to figure out if 40 days later on Valentine's Day we really stuck to the healthy diet one, because that probably didn't happen, right? Maybe we're going to exercise more. Is that my body, my mind? I like exercising my mind a lot more than I like exercising my body. Maybe I'm going to read more scripture. That's an awesome New Year's resolution to have, right? Will I really do that? Will I follow through? Maybe I'm going to increase my prayer time. That is one that I found in 2021 that has been such a blessing to me. So if that's what God is speaking to you, I encourage you to do that one. You know, sometimes I talk to God. He, I, you know, I, I drive a lot. So I pretend he's the passenger in the seat. We have some fantastic conversations, you know? Some of them possibly irreverent, but I got to think he's got a sense of humor too, right? But my New Year's resolution for 2022 actually started on Thanksgiving. Started a little early. God knew I needed a head start. I needed a little practice before I got to this year. And he showed me that no matter what was going to go on, that he was going to be there. That he is faithful in his promises. He is always there. We just sang about that. You know, and God always speaks to me in song. I was born a music nerd. I'll always be a music nerd. And I see a lot of scriptures in song. And God speaks to me there. Whenever I'm driving or whenever I'm sad, whenever I need to be lifted up. What do we sing about today? Blessed be your name. Yeah. Blessed be your name when the sun is shining down on me. Isn't that easy? Oh, yeah. I love to bless your name then. Ah, but when the world's not all as it should be, when you're in that desert place, when your journey is somewhere that you don't love, blessed be your name, Lord. No, blessed be your name, but show me. Show me where you are. Because I know you are there. Your promises tell me that. So where are you? This story starts on Thanksgiving Day. We were at my mom's normal Thanksgiving, celebrating with the family. And my husband came over and like, he gave me a hug and a kiss on the top of my head. And How you doing, honey? Like, I'm fine. Like, you ready to go? Oh, just whenever you are. That's not normal. That's not normal at all. So, I, you know, I'm a little dense. I didn't pick up on it the first time. Second time he comes over. Hey, honey, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Like, we're at my mom's house. Like, why, why are you asking me? Oh, you know, Mom, I think we need to be going. I got the hint at that point. So we left my mom's house, 
And on the way out the door, Bill tosses me the keys. And he says, I need you to drive. Okay, that never happens. Those of you that know my Bill, he's six foot, 200 pounds. He's the Hulk, all right? Yeah, he's not gonna let me drive. And I said, what's going on? So I can't really see out of my right eye. When that happened? Well, do you remember when we were talking about Kenosha? Okay, that was an hour ago. And my mind goes to a million different things. You know, I'm a PT by trade, physical therapist. So a million scenarios, what could this be? Check, check, check. check. Oh, none of these are good. Let's go to the emergency room. Who's going to have an ophthalmologist on Thanksgiving? All right, we're headed to the ER. That started five days at Thanksgiving. Five days in the hospital where every day a bomb went off. We found out about the three C's. Our carotids are bad. We have coronary issues. And the dreaded C, ah, he's got cancer. But he beat cancer once. Why should he have to fight this twice? I don't know the answer to that, but I know that God's in it. And that began my New Year's resolution. Where is God? Where is he in all this? Because apparently I got a big lesson to learn. Right in my heart of hearts, I know that God is sovereign. I've witnessed miracles. I've been on mission fields. I've also experienced times of exile. Right, our Sunday school class, we just recently finished a study about living through times of exile. Don't you really hate it when your Bible studies prepare you for what's going to happen next? Mm. How do we have hope when we're in exile? Ah, because when you lose hope, you don't have anything, right? How do we have faith that God is there in the hard times? Do we just sing about that? 10,000 reasons to praise you, Lord. 10,000 reasons. Mm, And not a lot of them are where I want to walk in the hard stuff. I like it when the sun shines down on me. Those hard times, they're hard. Yeah. But that's when the promises, that's when the promises are what we really have. Because it's very easy to go day to day when, I got this, God, thanks, appreciate it. I'm so glad you're with me in the passenger seat. Thank you for being my co-pilot today. But what about when I don't have control? What about when life just hurts? And what about when life is just hard? That's when those promises, those are the rocks. That is where we anchor ourselves so that we can get up every day. We believe that God is faithful. And that's what holds us through these times. So, blessed be your name. Do we really live that? Do we sing it here, praising? Oh, yeah. But when we leave, when we walk out the door, do we really live that? Lord, will I bless your name? Will I bless your name when it's truly uncomfortable? Will I bless your name when I'm thinking, wow, Joy and Tim are sick, and I should give the message in about 12 hours. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. You know, you also promised me, because you showed me through Peter, that if I keep my eyes on Christ, I can walk on water. Yeah, so we're going to walk on water today, together. The first promise I want to talk to you about is from Romans 8.28. No, I'm not using Joy's scripture. I didn't have those. So you're stuck with me today. Romans 8.28. I like my vintage Bible. 
Some of you have your electronic. It's all good. It's all the word of God. But I have lots of notes in mine, right? Because as I study, I take notes. I journal. It speaks to me there. Romans 8, kind of in the 28. We know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. They, and I want to substitute that, we. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, we. We are the people that he called because that is his plan. God knew us before he made the world and he decided that we would be like his son so that Jesus could be the firstborn of what we call the priesthood of believers, the body of Christ. Those are some high expectations. What do you mean I'm a part of the body of Christ? God planned for us to be like his son, and those he planned to be like his son, he also called. Not suggested, not said, oh, this might be a great... Called, summoned, commanded, if you will. Yeah, he also made them right with him, and those he made right, he glorified. God calls us to serve him. We all have our own ways, but God calls us to serve him. Yeah? And isn't this cliche? Isn't this what we tell everybody who's struggling? Oh, it's okay. God uses all things for good. It's okay. God uses all things for good. Really? Really? Carotids? Coronary cancer? COVID on Christmas. We've handled all the seas this year. Really, God, you're going to use this for good? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is, and that's the amazing part. Yeah, do we believe the promise? Sure we do. There are 10,000 reasons, more than 10,000 for us to praise our God, even in the hard times. Our praises should be unending. They may be the hardest when we have hard times. Ah, but that's when they're most important. We have to praise them through the storms. Let's read on a little farther in Romans. We're going to go to 8, Romans 8, 37 through 39. But in all things, we have full victory through God who showed his love for us. Yes, I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor ruling spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nor anything else in the whole world will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ our Lord. Now, that's a promise I like to stand on. Yeah? We win. Yeah? Tim, if you're watching, I know you're a competitor. We've read the end of the book. We know who wins. Right? Nothing in this world, nothing outside this world, even the fact that this world is temporary for us, nothing separates us from the love of Christ. That makes it so much easier to praise in the hard times, doesn't it? Because we're never alone. We're never truly alone. Nothing. Nothing. When the darkness closes in, Lord, it's funny to me that all these lyrics pop out and Pastor Dave can... I was actually still scribbling, right, as we were singing songs. So like, oh yeah, that, oh yeah, that too. Right? God is still talking. When the darkness closes in, when we feel the most vulnerable when we're sad, when we're hurting, when we're in a struggle for our life, we're never alone. And nothing, nothing separates us from the love of Christ. Nothing. 
So during this time, Bill's had many, many tests. He's had every area of his body scanned at this point. We've been to Houston. We've been to MD Anderson. You know how that happened? A friend knew a friend who was the president. How does that happen? God makes that happen, right? A friend of a friend used to be the president of MD Anderson. I don't know those kind of people. Bill doesn't know those kind of people, but God does, right? A friend of a friend said, hey, there's a healing service in Des Moines, Iowa. So there we go. We're off to Des Moines, Iowa. Then we go to Houston. Then we come home. Right? Bill's in a wheelchair. This big, strong, 200-pound man that looks like the Hulk can't walk through the Atlanta airport because of the pain he's in. But he's going to fight it because he knows that God is with him and he's got some things left he wants to do. God was even preparing this season for us. I, we, both, we both worked. We, we were both wound care educators, which means we fly out on a Sunday. We teach Monday through Thursday and we fly back. At, can you imagine a man who's got to use a wheelchair from Atlanta, from gate to gate? How's he going to do that? So he has to resign his job. But God was working. How am I going to work that job when he goes through chemo? But God had a plan. God brought us people that provided jobs for us that we could do. You know, I had one of my old employees call me and say, I really need a PT. I'm I'm between PTs, right? Would you come help me out? This was back in October. I'm like, you know, sure, I will. I'll help you out. (laughs) In November? We laughed about this. And I said, you called with a need, and you thought I was going to be a blessing to you? You're the blessing to me. Yeah, because I needed this job. But I didn't know I needed it in October. I didn't know I needed it till Thanksgiving. But God also knew that I would freak out if we were both unemployed at the same time. Kind of like God knew that I would freak out in my, the Bible study class, my Sunday school class can attest to this, because my mom is also fighting breast cancer right now. And I said at one point, God, if I could really not do this together. But here we are. We're walking on water. We're going to do it together And we're going to face all the demons together because why stretch out a desert? If we could get this done in two or three months, four months, that's a whole lot better than 40 years, isn't it? I don't know that I have the patience for 40 years in the wilderness. I think he knows my limitations there. Right? Just like he promised he would take care. The jobs come. I can remember trying to be so strong for him, for his kids. Between us, we have six kids. And grandkid number eight is on the way. We have this huge, wonderful family. And his kids are all in Wisconsin. And he's in the hospital dealing with this cancer diagnosis and the carotids and the coronary issues and the list goes on and on. In healthcare, we call that a dumpster fire. You got so much stuff going on, we don't even know where to start with you, right? And so I pledged that I would call his kids and I would talk with them so that they could have somebody medical talk with them to help them understand because they're in Wisconsin. Where do they want to be? They want to be in Indiana with their dad. But I'm the liaison. And I said, God, just help me be strong. Help me deliver the encouragement that they need. Help me be the grace that they need. And I remember one night when it was just too much. I came home and I was exhausted and I was alone 
because they kick you out of the hospital now. It's a pandemic. So you can't stay there with your loved one. You got to come home. Yeah, let's put people who are completely freaked out on the road. I think that's a great plan. Right? So here I am all alone at home thinking, ah, this is not the path I want. I remember grabbing his sweater and spraying his cologne on it and holding it that night and just crying because I was tired of the bombs. I was tired of all the medical diagnoses. I was tired of everything. Like, Lord, can't this just be enough? Can't this just be enough? Yeah, I have a new appreciation for Job. And yet this is nothing like what Job had. Yeah. And God said, and one of my friends texted me, matter of fact, it was Joy, and she said, you know, praise him. You're always the one sending the song. The song that gives you what you need for the day. So what did I do when I can't sleep and I'm crying and I'm holding a sweater? I turn on Pandora. All right, God, if I'm going to be awake, you're going to have to listen to me sing all night. So I turn on Pandora, and I've got God's songs, God's scripture, God's word coming to me. And he just held me. There's a fabulous song by Casting Crowds called Just Be Held. And there's a time when you have to turn off your head and turn off, I'm I'm president of Overthinkers Anonymous, turn off all of the garbage that's happened, turn off Dr. Google, turn off all of that, and just be held. There are times that grief is so big that things hurt so much. Some of you know those times. That God just wraps you up in his arms and he just holds you. And it's okay. He just comforts you in that time. And he reminds you, I'm here. I'm here. Nothing will ever separate you from my love. This is temporary. This is a time of wilderness. This is a time of exile. But this is temporary. My love for you, nothing will separate you. And then I found another promise. This one comes from Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, paraphrasing from verse 14 to 24, or or verse uh, 12 to 24, right? A person's body we consider as one thing, but it has many parts. Though there are many parts to a body, all those parts make only one body. Christ is like that also, right? In God's kingdom, some of us are Christians, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles when we go back to the history. Some of us are Methodists, some of us are Baptists, some of us are Catholic. But God is God, right? And he helps make up the whole. Just like that, the human body has many parts. And the foot might say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not important. I beg to differ, I'm a therapist, you really need your feet. But saying this would not stop the foot from being part of the body. The ear may say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not important. But saying this would not keep him from being part of the body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. We need all the parts of the body. Now there's a great analogy about we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are the priesthood of all believers. 
Christ is the head, but we are called, you read that, called to serve him. So all of us have different skill sets. All of us have different gifts. Right? When I read this passage, it means a lot to me because I'm a physical therapist. I understand how the body works. I also know that it's very interesting. Bill has one carotid that's 100% blocked all the way from his neck all the way up into his brain, up to his eye. Huh. This one is 50% occluded. Actually, the right is blocked, the left is 50% occluded. There's only like 25% of the blood going to his brain on any given day. And yet, you would never know that. Huh. Because the body, his body has accommodated to that over a period of time. And he's in the gym, still lifting, still functioning, with 25% of the blood going to his brain. How's that happening? Because the body is miraculous, and God is miraculous through us. Right? So I understand this scripture. Matter of fact, I used to joke about this, because I said, you know, it's great. We're all the body of Christ. It's wonderful. We serve together, and it is fantastic, right up until the nose sits by the armpit. Mm. Yeah, that rubs us a little the wrong way, doesn't it? Nobody wants to sit by the armpit. But yet that's part of the body too. Different message. But what does this passage teach us? We're all created differently. We all have spiritual gifts. God expects us, he calls us to use them. And that is where my biggest, biggest blessing has been in the last 40, 50-something days, is that this church, our family, our friends have been the body of Christ to us. I like to be that person who's the fixer, right? I'm the problem solver, the fixer. I hate to ask for help. I'm a very proud individual. And I love to be part of the solution because it gives you the feels, yeah? But in this season... The texts, the calls, the letters of people saying, how can I help you? And God is teaching me something else in this season. He is teaching me that it's okay. Not only is it okay to ask for help, it's great to accept help. Because when I accept help, when I get that text from somebody that says, I really want to help you, how can I? And I go through the Rolodex, what are those person's spiritual gifts? And is there anything that we need right now? All kinds of things. Sisters who have talked to me about being in the same type position. People who have walked this path before you. Somebody to talk to your son because I know nothing about engineering or architecture, you know, but I know people who do. And I know people who can talk to him. And he needs people around him right now. That's when this journal started. I got this journal as a gift last Christmas, and it sat on my desk forever, and it has an inscription from one of my dearest friends. And it says, thought you might be able to keep your devotions in here and publish them one day. There's a story here. I've helped one of my friends write sermons for about 10 years. I love it. I can help you write it, you give it, no nerves. Fantastic. Here's some great points. Here, let's polish this. But I never had to step up here to do that. He gave me this last Christmas, and I just been, eh, you know, when something important comes along, I'll break this open and I'll write it down. And 
Ah, well this year, this year some things became that important. So I started to write down how the body of Christ blessed our family. I don't know if you can see that or not. But since Thanksgiving, I'm almost a third of the way through. Right? Every day God sends somebody to us. Every day we are blessed by something. And the thing is, all I had to do was look for it. God's promises are right there. But I was so caught up in so many things that I didn't always notice it. Because, you know, it's just your normal average run of the day. Everything. But all of a sudden, everything matters. Everything has a new significance to me because I promised God on Thanksgiving, I will praise you. I will be thankful for this. I will praise you through this storm and I will find you. Every day I will find you in this desert place. And so here they are. Some of them are what Bill and Hunter was calling the soup lady, right? I had a lady who randomly shows up once a week or so to bring us a new soup. Now this is funny to me because I'm one of those people that cook for other people, right? Even in COVID, she's bringing us soup. Yeah. I had a friend who heard we had COVID, which, you know, we had the whole cancer thing and that going on. We went to Des Moines, we went to Houston, we come back and then boom, I get COVID. Right? And I thought, oh, this isn't good. Right? I'm not worried about me getting over it because I've had COVID once before. I'm kind of a repeat offender at this point. So, and I'm barely sick. But I have to quarantine myself to the bedroom, the bathroom, and my office because I don't want Bill to have it. I don't want Hunter to have it. So let me try to contain all my germs here, which, by the way, almost drove me nuts for two weeks. And then Bill ended up with bacterial pneumonia from a condition he has from the other cancer that he had. He, he occasionally aspirates. And he was positive for COVID as well. So Christmas, or not Christmas Day, um, a couple days before Christmas, I'm wheeling them off to the hospital again, going, we were just here two weeks ago. Like, they're going to be so tired of seeing you. I'm going to have one of those red flag charts. Yeah? So here I am, and the hardest thing I had to do was to drop him off at the emergency room and leave. Because I've got COVID, you've got COVID, you can't have visitors. This is a terrible time for people who are sick. And I went back home, and I found out, wow. This being at home is a whole lot better than being in the hospital by myself. Right? Think about what he's doing. I had friends that had dropped off a pulse oximeter. They heard I had COVID. They drop off the, that's the thing that tells how much oxygen you have going on in your, brain, in your body. And I was laughing because I'm like, guys, I'm not really sick. I don't need this. But two days before Christmas when I went, out, when I went in and Bill's face was gray, Bill needed it. God provided that pulse oximeter to tell me, ah, no, he needs to go to the emergency room now. Don't mess around with this. God was providing things even then. He even used code on Christmas because Christmas completely changed for us this year. You know, we weren't able to be with family, but we were able to be together. He came home on Christmas Day, and I said, one of the best Christmas presents you can ever get. All of a sudden, the lights, the decorations, the presents, nothing mattered because Bill got to come out of the hospital for Christmas. That was another lesson that I needed to learn. Yeah, We've had the body of Christ in different ways. We've had Jilly's joke of the day. I've got a friend, Jill, who texts us a joke literally every day. This is her mission from now till Bill is done with his fight with cancer. Those jokes mean everything to us. I had friends come over to help me put up the Christmas tree because I didn't think I could do it without crying this year. They came over, they put up shelves. 
that had been sitting there on the to-do list forever because they knew that it was driving me crazy. We had men from the church that took Bill's shooting, right? Because he loves to shoot and it gives him a day of joy. On that trip to Houston, people have been praying for us all over the country. And on that trip to Houston, I get a text message back from one of my old high school friends, one of my best high school friends, says, hey, I hear you're in Houston. How about some coffee? So as Bill is continuing to sleep, he's on a lot of morphine right now, so he sleeps a lot, you know, which makes me a little stir-crazy. So he comes and we have coffee, and we talk, and we catch up, and we pray. Normal can be such a sun shining on you in times like this. So all of these things, all of these things are the body of Christ. God uses your prayers. There are times, there are thousands, literally, literally, I'm not exaggerating, literally thousands of people praying for Bill from coast to coast because he has traveled all over the United States teaching. He's got so many friends. Do you know what that feels like? To just be surrounded in love. I call it walking on water. When you have a peace that passes understanding because you should not be able to get up today, but yet God has lifted you up on the prayers of your friends and the faithful. Not only can I get up, I can figure out how to write a message. I can try to sub for Tim and Joy because they've given so much to us. The day after Thanksgiving, they're at the hospital with Bill, with me. Hmm. Thousands of people. The Sunday school class laid hands on me, prayed me up before I would go back in, you know, to be able to bring him home. So what is the end of the story? I don't know. Does Bill get cured from cancer? I don't know. What I do know is God is sovereign and that God is in charge. And then I've got to put my will aside. And I've got to let God be God. Because he's promised. And we can depend on his promises. The peace that passes understanding. Yeah. How can we be the body of Christ? What do you love to do? That's one of the neatest things. God uses what you're good at to help other people. There have been people who have moved people during this holiday season. People who were displaced. Can you imagine being displaced from your home on a holiday? That's almost worse than getting cancer. People moving other people in the church. All of these things that glorify God doesn't have to be extravagant, just has to be kind, right? For any of the kids and any of the adults, I have a call. Tim and Joy are at home. That means they're probably going to be there for a couple of weeks. Now, Tim might like that because he's an introvert. Joy is going to go nuts because she likes people, right? I just experienced this two-week quarantine myself where I was trapped in three rooms of my house, and I was happy when I was warm enough I could walk on the deck, right? And that became a blessing, so anyway, in the back corner, kids, anybody who wants to, there, there's paper, there are pens, markers, coloring crayons. Anybody who wants to, write a card to Tim, write a card to Joy, draw a picture, do whatever. Let's shower them with the same love, the same service, the body of Christ that you've shown my family over the last couple of months. So what is the end of this? Again, I don't know. I don't know. What I do know, though, is that God's promises are solid. 
I do also know that this world is temporary. Yeah, none of us are going to get out of here alive. We just don't know what day that is. But God blessed Bill and I with the gift of time that so many people don't get. Sometimes we lose loved ones, boom, in the blink of an eye. And that is a grief I can't imagine. God blessed us with the time. What, how we use that to serve him. Yeah. God is using his body of Christ to lift up our family during this whole season. I'm praising God in the desert and I'm teaching our kids and our grandkids what it looks like to serve God and what it looks like to praise him when it's not easy. But God's grace is giving that ability. He's showing me every day. He is with us. God asked me to be strong during this season, and that's not easy either. He's asked me to walk on water. Some days it seems impossible. But I found that the trick is to keep my eye on Jesus. Don't look around. Don't look down. Focus on God's message for you for the day, and that's going to govern my actions. On the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. On the highest mountaintop, and when the sun is shining down on me, blessed be your name. Because it's not really faith until we can bless him every day in everything because those are his promises to us. He will never leave us. Nothing can separate us from his love. And I just want to say thank you, church. Thank you for being the body of Christ for our family in this tough season. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for serving him. Let's end today in prayer. You are here, Father. We see you. We acknowledge you. We know your promise that says, where two or more are gathered in your name, you will be here. We know your promises of Isaiah 55 that says, your word will never return to you unproductive. Father God, I don't know who I'm talking to today, and maybe I'm just talking to myself. But I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all the blessings, for this leather journal full of blessings that you show me that you are here every day and that nothing separates us from your love. In the highest of mountains, in the lowest of valleys, thank you for the power of your blood that never fails us. Help us to grow in you. Help us to learn to serve Help us to love you more and to expand ourselves so that we can understand your broader picture for our lives. We ask these things in your son's name. Amen. God is good. Do we believe that? Yeah, God is good. And all the time, have an awesome Sabbath. Anybody who wants to make cards for Tim or Joy, they're in the back on the table. Thank you for your time today.